Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, episode 13. Uh, we're back after two weeks with us all three together again for the first time in a while. Uh, my name is Alan Aguirre, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Southern Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? And the Canadian Miss Nikki Sin. Hello, hello, hello. So we missed recapping the episode last week. We didn't miss too much in all honesty, but this week we got, you know, a pretty decent episode with, you know, a lot of drama, a lot of house life stuff, a pretty, you know, dominant elimination win by one player and a lot of strategy where people were just playing scared. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about the episode? I always feel really optimistic about the episodes after they're done. I just didn't really love this one, but it also could be because I'm very superstitious and it's 13. But it's solid. I, I can't hate it. It just wasn't my favorite. Um, I'm not going to put this in my like favorites pile of episodes. I feel I feel just okay about it. I feel a bit more positively because like I it took me a while to get through the episode, and that usually means it's like like there's at least stuff going on because I I, I like the fun elements they had with people like partying, having a barbecue, um, just things have going on and on and on. The daily challenge did take a bit long, and I think that's one of our complaints with this episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The dailies have been so hit or miss this season where I'm like, wow, that was spectacular versus maybe today. Okay, this didn't even need to be five minutes. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just have all three teams going at the same time. I feel like you could have just saved a lot of time just with that. <sighs> My sentiments is exactly. <laughs> all right, well... Enough talking about that. We're going to first jump into the house life and drama portion. And there was a lot of, you know, whimsical fun in this episode. We saw, you know, CT Emmanuel, you know, slapping some beef, slapping some steaks, getting ready for a house barbecue. And I mean, CT even asked like, hey, do they even have hamburgers in Romania? Which I thought was kind of a dumb question, but. (laughs) It was a fun moment. I think whimsical is a good word. It was very interesting for me to watch that, though, and think wow, these two men have not been targeted at all this season. They just get to goof around, play with beef in the kitchen, and that's what their storyline is to kick off this episode. They just get to smack their meat around. and uh, Some may even say they're beating their meat in the kitchen. It is what they were doing. (laughs) PG-13 crowd, that's what was happening. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we're all we're all about fun in the challenge house because especially at this point in the season, things become very serious. So to see something, you know, good hearted like this, to see people actually enjoying their time, people in bikinis, people just, you know, barbecuing it up, it, it, it's a good challenge vibes. The way CT was like, do you even like have hamburgers in Romania? And then we got to hear about the traditions with the pig in Romania. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay, all you. If this scene and this season has taught me anything, it's that Romanian people are different from me. And I'll Mm. be good at that. We also had another food scene with uh, Big T trying to eat breakfast. And in her bowl, she had two donuts, some watermelon, and some strawberries. And everyone made fun of her because they're all health freaks. And you can't can't have some sugar for, for breakfast. In a challenge house for some reason. Corey even smacked a donut out of her hand, which made me feel really sad. That's balance, baby. She's she's <laughs> mixing the highs with the lows. 
And honestly, we've said this so many times and I don't want to come off as I'm complaining, but I am. We need big people like Big T on the show that are not just mega super athletes who are training day in and day out. And, and she almost becomes kind of tropey on this show, but she's one of a kind at this point. She, she wants to have donuts, but also her fruit. She wants to enjoy her experience. She's not in the gym 24-7. So I appreciated that moment. And when the donut got smacked out of her hand, I could have shed a tear. You know what? I, I felt for that donut. Big T picked it up. She still ate it. Exactly. As she yeah. should. The people's champ. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in this moment, I, I think Big T even said, like, I work out. I was like, and, and she does. Like, if you look at her body from World of the Worlds 2 to now, Big T is in way better shape. Her body is looking fantastic. So yeah, she has a couple of donuts for breakfast, but she's putting in the work in the other, uh, you know, in the other parts of life. So I hated it. But also, as someone who's like been dieting lately, I saw those donuts. I was like, damn, a donut sounds really good right now. Mm. Not a big donut fan, but a big tea fan nonetheless. I am a big donut and big tea fan. <laughs> Moving on from big tea to her former showman's partner, Logan. He has a scene with Josh where they're speaking in Spanish to one another. And... Uh, Logan even says in Spanish, like, I hate speaking English. It's just like, it's a drain on me. And they do have a cute bonding moment where they're able to speak each other, like able to speak a native tongue and communicate that way, which for me, as someone who speaks Spanish meant a lot because I mean, I, you don't get that represent representation on reality TV a lot. I just wish it wasn't these two people. Yeah, lots of thoughts about this. It was a very endearing moment, and I think a very cool thing. We've never seen anything like on the show before. However, well, I think we saw JP and Natalie, but Logan, you don't like speaking English. Understandable. It's not your first language. You're on an American show. And then also Josh drooling and salivating watching Logan speak Spanish to him was something that I will probably have a nightmare about tonight. Um, can I ship them together? Very cute together. Uh, no? The goof, the goof and the, the mute? The goof and the mute. Aww. I, I mean, they, their conversations to me were just bleh. Uh, Logan did say he has no plans for if he wins the money other to, than to buy a surfboard, which, uh, cowabunga dude, I guess. Like, I don't really know what to say. All of that was very confusing. Uh, it it was it was really great to see Logan be able to speak, you know, his own language, his his native tongue with someone else and bond with Josh that way. But uh surfboard? I I will personally getting. I'll personally buy him a surfboard if it means he's never gonna come back to this show. I'll do it's it. like yeah, it's like the survivor challenges where like they leave out the food, like you can leave right now. Like Logan, leave the challenge and we'll give you three surfboards. Like yeah. just do it. I sort of thought I was like, oh, is is this like a cultural thing? I was like, a Teen Choice Award? Like, I had to go back, you know, <laughs> I had to go back. But I was like, maybe Teen Choice Awards were mentioned. No. No, oh, man. I always wanted one of those Teen Choice Awards surfboards so bad when I, when I was, oh, man, 2003 was a great year to be alive. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. What was evident to me is that Logan, even though he hates speaking English and prefers to speak in Spanish, his native tongue, he's boring in both languages. He's a very talented individual, but there's not a lot going on there. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, we see Logan talking with 
Kyle. And Kyle is giving him the 411 on Amanda. He says, Amanda, she's a terrible person. She's like a bad teammate. She's good at puzzles, but yeah, she's the worst person ever. You're not going to like her. And then Logan calls her annoying in his confessionals and a weak player. And then Corey says the same thing. And then Nelson, who is on a 47 daily challenge losing streak, says that Amanda doesn't take these challenges seriously. It is baffling. I don't love this edit either because it's legitimizing their claims against Amanda. When we have seen Amanda on seasons, yes, have poor showings. I won't deny that. But Amanda's been a strong player. And I specifically don't like that narrative that Kyle's putting out when Kyle chose her to be his partner when the show started. Like, that was a choice he made. She didn't make it. Nelson is Amanda's friend. That's my little sister. They've competed together. Like, I just don't follow. Corey's probably bitter about something. And then Logan, he has no bearings on what's even happening in this game. He's being told by Josh what to do. It rubbed me all kinds of wrong ways. I I hated it. Every bit of it. And... I was actually really surprised that Amanda didn't just like run in there and be like, hey, guys, what the like, what's going on? No, I had to censor myself there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kyle, especially like the reason why Amanda hasn't won daily challenge this season was because of Kyle. Yeah. In in that challenge with the walkie talkie, she relayed to him the three letter code when the walkie talkies weren't working and could have single handedly, you know, broke the challenge. But Kyle couldn't remember a three digit code. He couldn't remember that. In the challenge where, uh, you know, they're jumping out the cliff. Kyle didn't jump. First challenge of the season. He has her carrying that giant safe while all the other men are. Uh, another challenge this season where the players had to solve their math problem in that obstacle course. Kyle couldn't solve the math. Every single time Amanda has, like, stepped up to the plate and then Kyle didn't. And, like, you think about a team like Festy and Esther this season who won multiple daily challenges. I think if you put Amanda in Esther's role, and I'm not trying to demean Esther in any way, I think she would have won just as many, if not more, daily challenges. Yeah, if anything, you're just showing how great a good partner and a good working relationship can be because you hit every nail on the head. Kyle's allowed to have this role on the show where I can throw a challenge. I can look silly. I can be stupid. I can be dramatic for the viewers. But the second Amanda does it, she's the bad guy. She's a bad competitor. She's not. Even on Sapphire, she was the only woman to not automatically jump in the water in that very scary beam challenge. She got further than Nani. She got further than Tori. She actually tried. And it's just, it's a weird rhetoric that these people are throwing out. It's, there's a lot of uh, toxic masculinity just uh, hovering in this particular episode. Well, everybody's got to have a villain, it seems. And she's definitely fitting that role for a lot of people. But I wish they would just like attack her being maybe having an attitude sometimes or like sometimes being a stone cold bitch, which is not a bad thing, Yeah. but to attack her athleticism and how good she is on a team. That's just not true. Yeah. Like just say, I'm scared of the way you intimidate me with your words because she really hasn't done anything wrong this game other than be straight up. And someone said, uh, I think on Twitter, like they compared her to like being the new generation, Katie Doyle. And I think that's like just completely true. Where like Amanda knows her self-worth. If you want her to play badly, then she'll do that easily. But she can carry her own self really easily, and I I think she's pretty badass. Yeah. I agree. Don't don't look at her elimination wins to see that, because those are are weird circumstances. Look at her her entire body of work. Amanda's Amanda's bad, but in a good sense. Yeah, watch the show. Actually, like, watch the show. Don't, like, 
just look at these things like, oh, she lost here, she lost there. Watch the show and you'll see someone who actually tries and often puts up a good fight. Uh, there is something little we have to mention as well with well, – I don't, I don't want to call it little because that's that's unfair to a human being. Uh, there was more showman stuff with Tori and Emmanuel where at the barbecue they're having fun playing beer pong. They sneak into a bathroom and Big T walks in on Tori's hand up against the door. Uh, I don't think they were – I don't know. I mean <laughs> it looked like it was getting hot and steamy in there. They were draining some pipes or something. But, yeah, the two were hooking up. Tori wouldn't do that in a challenge house. No, never. Uh, no, uh, they were just uh, Super Mario Brothers. They, she was explaining what that is to him. Um, he, he was um, plunging uh, the pipe. <laughs> you know. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't hate them, and I'll let Alan speak on it more because he's already told us before we started recording. It wasn't the worst showing of yeah. them. Yeah, I've I've disliked them actively the past couple of weeks, but this week I thought they were actually very attractive with one another because they were just acting on their primal senses, like people do at a party. You know, it's like when two people are into each other. I didn't need any like corny corny scenes where like they play dress up or you know do some weird gags. They were just two hot people into each other, and that's something I you know I like to watch. That it's very simple. It's an easy formula. <laughs> I'm just bit by the jealousy bug, so, you know. <laughs> Slot in his DMs. You never know. I mean, from to- yeah, from Tori to Michelle, there's nothing Emmanuel does, like, love more than beating North American meat. And the thing, too, Nikki, he likes blondes and dark-haired girls. You have blonde hair on one side and dark hair on the other. He could, you know, <laughs> the best of both worlds. Ooh, Look yeah. at me. Look at that. <laughs> And that's, uh, that's our house drama and life portion of the episode. We're about to move into the daily challenge right now. Switching into the daily challenge portion, uh, we mentioned it before, but players had to compete in a swimming mission where they dove underwater to a structure um, that had 150 foot of rope underneath. Uh, they had to dive in, untangle all the rope, then bring it out from the water back to shore carrying a chest that had, of course, a jewel slash diamond inside of it. Because remember, this is a spy theme season. Ooh, uh, uh-huh. each team, each team went in their own heat, and then waited for the other teams to finish. Or not, not, not the other teams to finish, but whoever had the fastest time wins the daily challenge. And we hate these challenges because we always feel like they could break the times, and it takes a long time to get all these teams done. But they have to fill time because this is a ninety-minute episode. <sighs> Well, <laughs> they could give us a 60-minute episode again, I guess. But yeah, I know they've got to fill the time, and I'm sure they don't have like that many people on their crew to get all those crazy action shots of all three teams going at once. However, whenever they put up the time on the screen, it means nothing to me. It is just wasted money they used to pay someone to make graphics because it does not matter. They could rig this for the end of the show's running for whoever they want to when they run things in heats. They are the, like they might be interesting to watch, but I cannot believe the validity of the results ever. Of course, we know who's going to win. Okay. I also want to point out I'm I'm giving away too much, but like it's a no brainer. The teams are very unequal at this point. Whoever the winning team is for the past three weeks, the green team or whatever they're called, Emerald, they have an advantage. They have two extra people working for them. How? Ugh. 
Nikki, go because I can't. No, that's you're you're taking all of the all the words out of my mouth. It's uh, it's so frustrating because I like the Emerald team is obviously stacked with more players, and you you already know what's going to happen. I just I was sort of expecting to see like oh two players have to sit out or someone has to do this or this like and I and I also hate the timed events. I hate them yeah. so much. The the one time I did not mind it so much is on Fresh Meat 2 because when someone would uh, go over the time, TJ would just blow the horn and be like, okay, guys, you're done competing. Get out of the water right now. Because like, that felt at least like there was like a fair element. Like people were on the clock and then it gave, you know, some incentive to the teams who went first. Uh, I mean, in this one, it didn't really matter because, of course, we talked about the numbers advantage there was. But yeah, it is it is frustrating to watch this show sometimes because you want to be engaged in these daily challenges and you don't really trust production. Yeah, like how could you not rig that for them? I mean, I, I think the team that did win this daily challenge did win because they had more people. But it's just the little things like that of like you have a second thought about it where you actually have to consider it, you shouldn't have that in the show. You should be able to, to see something with your eyes and to, like, get the competition. We also have this show that we watch so religiously that knows that people want to see drama and that has a history of probably rigging a few things just to spice that element up. Rigging for the Ruby team, the underdog team, could do something, but it also would take the target off of Amanda's back. And yes, I know it's a guy's week, but... Hmm, what's going to be the theme of this episode? People don't like Amanda. We can blame Amanda. Screw Amanda. We hate Amanda. It just, it's its a little predictable at this point. And yes, I agree. They, the Emerald team probably won fair and square, but they have extra people. Like, do survivor rules. Make people sit out. Yeah, where's Sandra's bench? Right. Uh, yeah, the challenge does historically have the idea of like, oh, some challenges will benefit having less people. Some challenges will benefit having more people. And then in the final, you see how that plays out and stuff like that. And be- because of that, I don't I don't mind it too much. But yeah, I, I, like, I, as people who watch Survivor, we think about trying to make things fair. And the challenge production doesn't care about fair. They care about TV. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> now, uh, we have to actually summarize what happened, though. And the green team went first. They threw all six people in the water. And Nani and Devin are probably their two worst swimmers, and they rank probably above average in this cast. So they go out there with their extra people, with their good swimmers, and they just kill it. I mean, they at first, the other team's like, wow, they're taking longer than expected. Well, yeah, you, imagine the trouble you're going to have. Yeah, they were solid. <laughs> I can't hate on it. I thought it was funny that they were like, oh, the Emerald team is taking so long, 13 minutes. I was like, there's a lot of stuff to do. I feel like 13 minutes is, that's that's not a lot of time. It was 150 like, feet of thick rope. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> was a lot of work. I I wasn't, like, unimpressed with, like, 13 minutes. I was like, yeah, that's... Uh... Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, yeah. It's funny, though, because, like, Devin talked about, like, their strategy going in, and they thought they were just going to yank the rope all together, like, one team at once, and then, like, oh, no, we got a lot, we got a lot more to do. The strategy wasn't bad on paper. It was just there was more, and they adapted. Uh, the blue team goes... Uh, Emmy, she doesn't understand how to tie her shoes. CT is frustrated by Emmy not knowing how to tie her shoes. Ashley is yelling at Kyle to actually do work because she sees him for the lazy bum he is. 
And Ashley isn't doing too much work herself either. So the blue team is just a mess. Blue team is an, a complete and utter mess. And I have to laugh at CT, who Emmy's going to be great. She's going to be the best addition. Emmy has her flaws. Just because she's strong and a little bit crazy does not mean she's going to perform well. I feel like all of these like cells, these groups have turned into, um, you know, when you go out like for a fun night, everybody goes drinking. You have to get like three separate Ubers. So you got to get like, you got to get the first, <laughs> you got to get the first squad out, right? Like, so the yeah. Emerald squad goes out first, the most people, Uber XL. We got the, the, the most sober people in there. They, they get the job done. They get there. They get the guest list right. You know, they got co check. They got everything fine. All right. Next team going in, Sapphire. All right. They, so, they look. They look strong. You think they look strong? Fine, but they 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 hit it. They hit a block. Yeah, uh, they hit a block. Here. And we can't get her shoes on. You know, we can't get these ropes untied. Can't do anything. <laughs> Just can't get them into the car. It's that it's, one. That one drunk girl's yelling profusely. Yeah. Ashley. <laughs> Smashley. Oh, yeah. She's back. And then you know the the, the third team comes in and it's. It just seems like a big mess at this point for teams. It's not. Yeah. I, 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 I do. I did like that Emmy was like, if you draw me a map, I know how to use a map, but I don't know how to solve. I don't know how to find my way anywhere else, which at least she's aware of her. Like, she's like, you know, if you give me a shovel and a hole, I know how to dig a hole, but I do. I can't do anything else. My thing is, um, like Emmy and Amanda, I'm I'm not putting them on any pedestal or comparing the other either of them. Um, both of their like teammates just keep saying like, "Oh, like they're good competitors," but okay, well they're asking for instructions, they're asking for like delegations, things to do, and then they're not given them, and then the teammate gets a bat, but like they're all upset. I, I, yeah, and we're going to move on. Like, the red team, which is, like, where, where Amanda went with. Logan tells Amanda, don't do anything. Just organize rope. Uh, so the red team goes out. They have Logan and Big T who are good swimmers. Corey and Nelson who aren't good swimmers, but they're strong when it comes to pulling and carrying the ropes. And Amanda, she's like, well, if you told me not to do anything, I'm not going to do anything. And she's just out there playing Titanic. She's just doing <laughs> poses. And it has me dying laughing. It's it has so a crowd funny. laughing, too. I same. Nikki Gokes, I'm already frustrated about what we're about to talk about with what the guys say. So yeah, just say nice things real quick. It's great that Amanda takes this time uh, to do all this uh, comedic stuff. I love that for her. Yeah. And uh, like as you said, though, like the difference between Amanda and Emmy is that Amanda can solve stuff with the ropes and she could just do stuff on her own because she's an intelligent woman. She has good upper body strength. She won a rope pulling challenge on War of the Worlds 1. I mean, that's one of her big, you know, powers on this show. And she just chooses not to because her teammates have put her in this corner and have treated her in such a way that she's just not going to give them what they need. And it's hilarious. But also, it's like the difference between the two. And I think at one point, Amanda even points out something to Logan, like, oh, no, your rope is supposed to go this way, not that way. Uh, (laughs) And it's just like, look, this person could obviously be helping your team, but you did not even accommodate her in any way. And I don't like how we're letting, not we, how they are letting Logan call the shots on this as if he has any prior knowledge of Amanda or who she is. Nelson does. Corey does. I mean, Big T surely heard about her, at least watched her seasons, which this is not Big T's fault. 
But if I'm Amanda and they tell me don't do anything, I'm certainly not going to go above and beyond to try to help you out, especially on a guy's elimination day. Oh, absolutely. I would react the same way. I'd be like, okay, I w- fine, I won't do anything. It's just what you've asked me. It's. I mean, I, I thought it was hilarious. I thought she stood her ground in the right way. And I think that when she did actually work, if you if you watch the episode, she was doing good. She was doing yeah. well. <laughs> it's just uh, she didn't have to. So why do it? Uh, <laughs> the Emerald team wins the daily challenge, as we mentioned. Uh, fourth straight time. And something I do need to mention, and I, I mentioned it in my written re- my small written recap last week. Casey Clark, her daily challenge stats is like crazy now. Her like there's a stat called win ratio. Uh, it accounts for how many competitors you're going against compared to like how many wins you get versus your expected wins. It's like a lot of nerd BS. But Casey's percentage is now over 200. For that's number one all time of any competitor ever. Uh, the second highest female, Laurel Stuckey, is at 145. Uh, percent There is a literal like. There's a 60% difference between Casey and Laurel that like if you're under 100%, you're technically a below average competitor. And so that's the gap between Casey and the next best person. What she's been doing on these seasons is at an all time rate. And we need to start talking about her like an all time competitor. And it's just crazy to think about. Scares me to death (laughs) because we've not even discussed it, but Ever since, like, probably four weeks ago, we mentioned Casey kind of having this, like, ego about her, which that's fine to have, whatever. It's just irritating that that's her only, like, personality trait at this point, except for, like, taking Nani on dates that production organized. But I can't hate her because she can back it up. Yeah. And I think, Walk the walk and win the win. I want to point out, too, and I don't know the stats on this. They're probably nothing crazy. I think about someone like Josh Martinez, who is also on the U.S. team on War of the Worlds 2. He has a lot of daily wins that are attributed to a team, but they're daily wins nonetheless. I mean, it boosted Tori and Nani as well. Yeah, so those stats have boosted him as well, but he's still in like the 130% range, which is not as good as he is individually. But Josh does actually have decent stats as an individual slash pair. Um, as, as, as bad as that is to say out loud, but Josh is, if Josh has one strength, it's daily challenges. He's, he's not terrible in those. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just think about it because Emily Scrum did three seasons and people talk about her as one of the best to do the show. And you look at Casey's resume and I think Casey's resume is probably better at this point, but people wouldn't rank Casey to be a better player than Emily. And it's just, uh, it's a thing to think about. Much, much, much to think about, yes. I feel like I've always been a Casey fan. I will put you in my thoughts and prayers. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I want Casey off the show personally. Actually, her and Nani are boring the hell out of me. They're just playing house in a challenge game. And like as much like I'll ship them on Instagram. I'll like their photos on Instagram. But I need them out of the house like because they're just putting oh, me to sleep. No, that entirely fair. He's just a great competitor, though. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Cannot yeah. doubt it ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And that is our daily challenge portion. We are going to switch into the politics and the gameplay right now. Switching into the gameplay and strategy portion, Team Emerald 
is in a tizzy trying to figure out who they're going to vote into elimination because they want to keep their team Emerald the same. Uh, they consider throwing in Logan because he's the rookie and the obvious choice. Uh, Josh, who is Logan's best friend and ride or die, he wants to protect Logan because he knows that if Logan ever gets voted in in the future, he will not call Josh down. And that makes sense. Uh, they throw out the idea of CT, but that's not really ever a real option that's seriously thrown around. And then Kyle and Nelson are off the radar for who could get voted in as the house vote. A few takeaways. When when they even bring up CT, Nani, love her to death, she's talking about who has relationships with who, and she's like, and we basically all have relationships with CT. Well, no wonder you guys let him get to the end every single season. I think he'll be okay if you play the game. I think he'll be okay. And as far as not throwing Logan in, we've seen this strategy take place before. People will say, Josh, you don't have to vote him. Like, we won't make you do that, but we might have to come down to it. That way, you don't have to take the blame. You can explain it to Logan. You know, we'll take the heat. But they're just like, okay, Joshy Poo, we'll listen to you. Like, when has Josh become the voice of reason or, like, the leader of this cell? And I did not wear green on purpose today, folks, to support them. This was a really bad coincidence. I feel like you did. I feel like you did. Ladies and gentlemen, Luke is a Josh fan. Oh, that's mean. That's mean to say out loud. I'm going to cry. But, yeah, I mean, my thing with this is that, like, I think they just want more want to target Corey. Corey's already been a house vote. And they see him as someone who's beatable versus, like, CT they're terrified of. Uh, But what I want to say is that I think they should vote in CT because, well, I mean, you could target him and get him out, which is, like, a big threat. But if you're the girls on the Emerald team, what if you replace Josh with CT? And now your team is even better than it is already. Because let's be real, CT would go and he would choose Logan as his opponent. He's not choosing Kyle. He's not choosing Nelson. He's not choosing Corey. That only leaves Logan. He would come, get the goof off your team. Of course, Nani and Casey and Tori would be sad that, you know, they're brother figures off their team. But if they're wanting to win a million dollars, that's best case scenario. And they did not play to win a million dollars because they didn't make that move. I mean, like you have a chance to add CT to your team or you get a knockout CT. Either way, it is a massive win for you. Uh, And it's just ridiculous that they're just letting that go by. Uh, We see in the house where people are at the club trying to figure out what they're going to do. And Corey and Nelson they just start going at Amanda like for like not trying in the daily challenge when they didn't give her any, you know, they didn't give her, they didn't tell her what to do. They anything. didn't, they, they didn't give her anything. And now they're blaming her. And Amanda tells them straight up, you guys lost because you suck. You guys are losers and you were losing before I was on this team and you're going to keep losing. And I like that. She just told it like point blank to them. And here's the dynamic. I really, truly hate Nelson views Corey like a brother. Absolutely. He, he, he volunteered himself on Total Madness. You know, Corey paid him back by getting him that teen mom appearance check as a guest role. But, you know, Nelson also talks about Amanda as his little sister. You don't ever see him speaking to Corey like that. You don't ever see him, like, throwing Corey under the bus in front of a group of people. It's like, it's very weird. This should be Nelson's best case scenario. I've got my two best friends in the house like we had a bad day. Let's let's get better going forward. But to pass the blame off on Amanda, who was told to not do anything, 
weird. They had like no sort of like team meeting being like, hey, like usually our dynamic is like this, you know, this person is the most enthusiastic and we do this or one person does this. There was no conversation. So like, what was Amanda to do? She was just supposed to like jump in and be like, okay, cool. I do. I just appreciate that Amanda told them straight out to their faces, like, you guys are not as good at the challenge as you guys yeah. think you are. And you're just looking for someone to blame. And <laughs> it's just it, it's weird scapegoating for no reason. At the at the actual deliberation, uh, Nelson apologizes to Amanda and Big T for yelling, which is, is Nelson's like 8000th apology to women for getting loud and angry. Uh, at least this time he didn't call them names after like he did to Kayla on Total Madness. And I'm backtracking just for a second because I have to say this. He he also brought up Corey. I think, Amanda, we've never even seen you run in a final. Like, we have no clue. Like, you suck. You've never made it. Okay? You guys have made it to multiple and still haven't won. So what does that say about you? Yep. But anyways, yes, Nelson's apology tour. <laughs> yeah, every player pitched themselves at the deliberation, uh, mostly to a bad extent. Everyone knows, you know what's going to happen at this point. Uh, the Emerald team, they make their move and they vote in Corey. Uh, Corey is upset. Logan has a cheeky smile on his face that he's slipped through. And right after, Corey starts, you know, saying like, all right, I'm going to go into elimination. I'm going to win. And then after, I'm going to join the Emerald team. And I'm gonna, and after that, I'm going to sabotage that team. I'm going to go into elimination again. And I'm going to call Devin or Josh out for a headbanger. And I'm going to demolish them. Which, I mean, way to go out swinging, bro. I agree. I'm going to backtrack again. Please forgive me. But I don't want to breeze over this like the actual show did. I found CT's speech and deliberation very interesting where he was like, you guys all know the past several days I've been feeling the challenge blues. I've got to shake this off. Like he, he went to his senses of, oh, I'm an old man. Keep me. The challenge wants to keep CT's like identity as this big, strong man so intact that we as viewers did not get to see his challenge blues. We did not get to see confessionals of him being like, I'm really struggling. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I'm missing my family. I'm missing my son. We didn't even get to see that. So him saying that in deliberation was so just out of place, but yes, Corey, it's a nice plan. If you win elimination. A little too late. I feel like the, the whole deliberation was an entire mess. It's like uh, it's like when a politician goes down in the polls and they're like, yeah, when we win, I'm going to use I'm going I'm to I'm do this bill and I'm going to cut taxes here. And and all the kids are going to get ice cream on Tuesdays. And that's what, you know, that's what when, I, is basically. Yeah. when I'm class president, it will be recess forever. It's easy to promise. But realistically, who, if they win an elimination, want to come back and wants to come back into the house and throw yourself into another one? No one. Yeah, I, I do think that Corey legitimately wants to get physical with Josh and Devin for, I mean, I mean, not like that, but, you know, yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, but I, one of the funniest moments was that Devin, he says to Corey, like, hey, if you want to have a conversation, just don't get loud and yell at me like that. And that's something that Corey and Nelson had said to Amanda the previous night during their fight. And I was like, oh, boy, oh, boy, how does it feel to be on the other side of this? Yeah, that rhetoric, too, just annoyed me. <laughs> just to tell Corey not to get crazy and loud felt a little off to me. But also, like, we don't know who Devin voted for. Yeah. No, like, what, he, yeah. 
because Josh and Devin both did it, but Devin's actually came from a sense of like, he's confident in himself. And Josh said it from a point of, he's terrified of Corey, you know, stuffing his face, which I mean, Corey always wins his, all his altercations with Josh and man, I'm making a lot of innuendos with Corey and Josh right now, but there are, <laughs> there's there going to be a lot of fanfic written about this. <laughs> Hell yeah. But I think it just boils down to they probably know that they made an ill decision. Just because if if they would have voted Logan in, none of the vets are mad. Logan probably will pick whoever Corey or whoever Josh and Devin want him to, which would have been Corey. It would have been the same outcome, just less people would have been mad. I, I just would have been like, hey, remember when Logan was injured like yesterday? Also, he's a rookie. Let toss him in. Yeah, I so think he doesn't yeah. care about winning. He wants a surfboard. Yeah, I think Logan's injury is healed though, because they made no mention of it in the daily challenge or in, or all or the whole episode. So I think he's just officially healed now. Uh, <laughs> Why was there a mention of it at any point then? He needs a storyline. Yeah, he needed a storyline, and and Ed threw himself on the shield just to get murdered in a pole wrestle by Kyle. Uh, Corey. He tells CT, Kyle, and Logan, good luck in elimination. He says, Nelson, you're safe, of course. Uh, they make you believe that he's going to pick Kyle, uh, which doesn't really make sense, even though that Kyle and Corey have had their little beef interactions. It's pretty evident that he's going to take Logan, which he does. And when Logan comes down for the elimination, I kind of get reminded, like, oh, yeah, this dude's, this dude's actually quietly massive because he has a few inches on Corey. He is huge. Watching them and seeing them side by side, I thought, oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe Corey shouldn't be talking all this smack. <laughs> oh, uh, could Josh come down instead? No? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, like, we talk all the time about Kyle being taller than, like, we're used to. But, like, Corey's not a short guy. I think him and Kyle size up a lot better. Logan, Logan's massive, and he has all that hair. He, he looked like a big man. He looked like I, – I, I was – not intimidated because he still has a small presence to him and uh, he's boring, but big, big man, big man. <laughs> it's just, it, it was shocking. I agree. And we're about to talk about their elimination right now in the elimination portion. And now talking about the elimination, uh, Corey and Logan played a game of tug of war where the cord was put on fire and they were standing on top of uh, giant cylinders. Uh, there's a lot of fire going on in Corey eliminations for whatever reason. Uh, it was a simple game, you know, best of three. Whoever wins the first two rounds wins the elimination. And I think the cylinder element of them having to stand on something that was not a firm balance beam really made it interesting. Uh, Corey goes into this thinking he's going to win because he's stronger. He has more experience. Uh, Logan, he's just like, I'm going to beat Corey at whatever. The elimination ensues. And what did you guys think? I didn't hate it because it was something new. But what I found interesting, because we just said it and they said it on the show, that it was similar to Tug of War. Except for, they didn't say this, but it seems like as we watched it, you could not actually tug the rope. Like, uh, you couldn't yank it from someone else. You had to hold on to just that one area and twist, flip you know, throw all that stuff because there was no like leveraging that rope and pulling it towards you. It was just, you're whipping that rope. However you, however you can. 
it was a very it they had very strange rules. I thought at first I thought it was two balls that they would be like sort of running on. <laughs> I was like, that's seems quite impossible, but all right, tug of war on big balls, love it. Um no, it was you had to like sort of just whip it out of their hand or Or just knock them off to put them in an awkward position. Yeah. Um, I know, that, rock. Yeah. I know that Josh made a comment where he was like, oh, this is giving me like PTSD with Jordan when they did the, the tug of war. Yeah. Where, where Jordan completely embarrassed him and made him look oh, a fool. You absolutely. Know, not his usual fool that we see all the time every day, but. From a, the fool to an, the goof. Yeah. You know? An extravagant. The evolution. Fool. Yeah. So uh, Corey and Logan are going at it and. At first, it seems like Logan is going to have trouble. He, you know, he only has one hand on the rope. He's off balance, and then he recovers. Uh, as time goes on, Logan figures out a strategy of like the moments where Corey relaxes. That's when you pull and you get him off balance, and he wins that first round. And Corey is just kind of shocked. He feels gassed out, and he doesn't know what's going on. These eliminations were its best two out of three. You really cannot lose the first round. We've seen people come back from it. I've already talked about it once this season already, but you can't guess out round one. Like that's the most crucial round, and we see Corey gas out a little bit, or just at least slip up. And which was so silly because Corey was like, "Oh, I'm gonna let Logan gas out. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let him just like get all his energy out in this first round, and then then I'm gonna take him out." I'm like, "Okay, okay." I was actually quite surprised to see the way that Corey performed. Yeah, Corey on double agents and total madness was an absolute stud in like all competitive fields. Was really an elite competitor. This season, we watched him want to give up in that elimination with Bettina. And if it wasn't for her, you know, being able to balance Corey and a baby in her stomach and solve a puzzle, they don't win that elimination. Uh, <laughs> Queen Bettina. I mean, legitimately. And this time around, he loses that first round, and he looks – it looks like the old Corey, that from, like, Rivals 3, Dirty 30, the flop Corey, the popcorn muscles. Uh, Logan outsmarts him. If you notice in the elimination, Logan has a wide stance because he's trying to make use of his legs because he knows that just his arms alone isn't going to win the elimination. Whereas if you see Corey in the first round, he has his legs basically closed, and he's trying to go all arms. You got some big-ass arms, dude, but you can't beat someone's entire body strength. Yeah. To relate it, not to bring this back to Ashley, but it makes me think of when Ashley went against Priscilla. Like, Priscilla was digging with just her hands. Ashley was using her whole body. You got to think smarter. And in this instance, Corey just, as you said, was back to his dirty 30-type mindset. I think it uh, it might be time. Maybe Corey takes a little uh, takes a little break the challenge. Mm-hmm. Maybe, definitely, yeah. maybe his bloodline could come back on King Mitch. King Mitch, yeah. Which spoiler, random, but Corey says like we could be wrong. He says he's not coming to next season because Ryder said, "Please stay home." So he says at least next season. I, I thought he said that about Challenge All Star Season Three. I thought that was the reply it was about. I thought I thought he because I don't know if Corey will decline a full season of the challenge. You know, you know he he can't miss his kid for four weeks, but he can definitely miss it for ten. I do right. I do record Teen Mom OG just to fast forward to the Cheyenne parts. Corey did say if if Ryder said she wanted him home, he'd stay home. So we'll see. But you make a good point. You make a yeah. Good point. They they need to give Corey a Teen Mom vacation season when the challenge is filming. So she's just on vacation from both the show 
and and just us. Uh, yeah, I mean, Corey goes into that second round, and Logan just beats the pants off him, bro. Yep. It just it's a dominant 2-0 win, and we've been you know crabbing on Logan this entire episode, but the dude is talented. He's he's smart. Uh, he's book smart. He's he, he's good athlete, skilled, big person, but I hate his vibe. And he was he was practicing for his surfboard on that on that big cylinder. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the mentality. I do want to say though, this is not like excusing Corey's loss. Like, it was pretty pitiful. For whatever reason, people were against Corey this season. Like he had his back up against the wall. I truly feel like if it wasn't this week, it'd be the next guy's elimination. If his cell didn't win. Because for whatever reason, they're seeing him as the easy vote. I don't know. He just wasn't putting it any effort in this season, I feel like. He also kind of seemed irritable. I mean, he was very willing to call people out, like Kyle, like Josh, like Devin, on their BS. And they just all decided, like, we'd rather be buddy-buddy than hand you another final. Uh, which I hope it inspires Corey to play a better game the next time he's on. Again, though, we want a break from him. Uh, going back to Logan, he kind of reminds me of the person you play basketball with that, like, he makes a bunch of shots, He play, he's really athletic, but when you have the ball in your hands, he doesn't do anything to help you. He's just someone you don't want to play with, even though he's awesome himself. He's a loser. I'll say that. He won this elimination, but he's a loser. He's boring. <laughs> He's the person you don't text to come play, and when he shows up at the gym, you're like, "God, who told him?" <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see him back on the challenge. I, he can. He'll be on. I don't know. X on the beach or some crap like that. Uh, and I know a lot. A lot of people are going to be upset at us saying this because he put up a killer elimination win against a great competitor. But yeah, I mean, it says volumes that like he could do all that, and we're still completely out on him. Loser, if he wins the season, I'm going to be so upset. Oh, I, I'll i probably just leave the show. Yeah, I I agree. That's that's a hard take, but I, I mean, I agree. Uh, Logan, uh, he shoot my man. Let's go. Let's go back to Corey, actually, for a second. Corey, after he loses the elimination, he, he goes to Nelson, like, I can't take any more bullets for you. I hope you win. I'm glad I did this for you. I'm like, when did this become a sacrifice for Nelson? When did the when, <laughs> when he lost? As soon as he lost, it was all of a sudden. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's giving too much of Ashley's like, I just want to help Amanda. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to do this together. Okay, but she walked back up those stairs to Amanda. (laughs) Now, Corey, you did it the wrong way. So what you were supposed to do was win and then go back to Nelson. Yeah, like Nelson volunteered for him on Total Madness. Uh, like he actually told Bananas and stuff like, "Hey, put me in, not Corey." He Corey just got blindsided in this elimination. That that that's I mean, and, and he lost, so it's not the same at all. Corey wanted to have his cute moment, didn't work. Uh, no. <laughs> Logan goes and he picks a new team. He says, "I'm going to Sapphire. I'm taking Kyle's spot." And I mean, he probably made this deal with Josh and Devin and whatever. That if he went in and won, he wouldn't switch to keep their team chemistry. Uh, Kyle, hilariously, is on Team Ruby with Nelson and Big T and Amanda. And that's just the funniest team ever. I'm sorry it is. 
Yeah, I, it I, it cracks me up. He specifically left that team only to be thrown back. I just, why wouldn't you just mess with that rolled? I don't understand. Because he is expletive, expletive, expletive with redacted. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> Gonna need to give us a little more of that, Luke, because I, I didn't even get it. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Logan picks Sapphire. And I mean, at this point, the hope is that Team Emerald has too many people for a final and they burn out for whatever reason. But they look pretty stacked as it is. Um, they could get stronger. I think that's the potential that like you could definitely replace a Devin or a Josh with a CT. Um, that's still in play. You could you could replace him with someone better. Let's be honest. You get that team. Get, oh, sorry, Nani. You get Ashley on that team with Casey and Tori. I don't care who the guys are. Well, I do care who the guys are. And then throw on CT with even Devin and Emmanuel. They're winning. There's there's no question about it. In the trailer for next week, Josh tells Amanda, if you win an elimination, which I think Amanda would probably call out Big T in with her um, if she went in, he's all like, we want to run the final with Casey and Nani. So he's telling him, like, take Tori off our team. Join our team, uh, which if that happens, I mean, it's it's funny to see that Tori's the one on the outside looking in and she's going to feel very blindsided. I want that to happen. I want that to happen, too. But this just further confirms that Josh is an idiot because I'm sorry. We love Nani, but I would much rather run a final with Tori. It's just the truth. I, I'd rather run the final with Nani, honestly, I think. I think she's competent. I, th- I think I think Tori, she doesn't eat, and she gets frazzled in the biggest moments. And I would argue that Nani can't run to save her life. Just from, just, just from last season showing, if Fessy and Casey hadn't been disqualified, they would have been purged day one. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Nani ran, runs okay in, in a bigger team setting. Because she she never stopped running in the double agents final. She just didn't run as at fast of a pace as the best people. Um, in big teams, Nani always holds her own. That's my thing. She never brings anyone back. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and Nani isn't gonna bring like a fake mustache and like like weird glasses and stuff to a final to like cheer everyone up. Listen, and Tori's like, gonna do that. I like Nani much better, but I'm sorry. I I just have to think logically. Tori would be the better person to run with. But that's all hypothetical anyways. Yeah. yeah. And that's our episode for the week. Um, come back next week for episode 14. We'll be breaking down. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Caffeine Confessional Podcast. Follow us on uh, Twitter at the Alan Aguirre, at the Nikki Sin, at Final Reckoning, uh, iTunes, Spotify, five-star rating if you can. Drop a like on the video and have a great day. Bye.